Let's continue our daily Bible reading as we go to the next book as we read through the Bible, and that is 2 Thessalonians. So Paul writes two letters to the church at Thessalonica, the first one being five chapters, the second one being the, uh, the three chapters that we have in 2 Thessalonians. So Paul's answering questions, obviously, that Timothy or someone had brought from the churches there, especially we notice a lot of questions about the second coming of Jesus Christ, the end of the world. Uh, heaven and hell uh, kind of issues, and we'll find that as we read in um, in Second Thessalonians. But notice as you look at First Thessalonians one and Second Thessalonians one, uh, where uh, there's a lot of similarities in the opening. First, it's Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, um, and he does the same thing um, in. Uh, um, um, in pretty much in, in 2 Thessalonians 2, and then a greeting to them or, or a, a blessing for them, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul starts out in 2 Thessalonians by saying thanks to God, for, he thanks God for them, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, as is right, um, and notice uh, the order in which he describes this, first of all, because your faith is growing abundantly, they are learning more about their Savior, they're growing in that faith and in that trust of God, and then also, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So out of that faith comes love, um, the outgrowth, the fruit of our faith is that love. He says, therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your, now here's an important point, persecutions, afflictions that you are enduring. So we know what's going on in the churches here, uh, that they are being persecuted, that they do have affliction. So when that happens, it's interesting that um, that causes us to think of life in a totally different way. So take our time today. We don't have those same persecutions or afflictions. We're not being thrown to the lions. We're not being uh, told that we cannot, uh, that will be um, uh, uh, something will happen to us if we continue to profess Jesus Christ. So therefore, what's filling our minds the most? So we're thinking about the economy. We're thinking about uh, the weather. We're concerned about uh, uh, my future investments uh, and things like that. Uh, in our churches, we're, we're as much concerned about, you know, do we put in new lighting or what color do we paint the walls? as opposed to thinking about, hey, the, the eternal consequences of our lives, the fact that uh, the neighborhood around here are people that if they don't know Jesus Christ, uh, they're gonna go to hell, um, preparing our families, making sure we're ready uh, for that second coming of Jesus Christ totally changes our perspective. And so obviously because of those, now they're thinking about Christ coming back and Paul addresses that. Now, that's something we all ought to be thinking about and maybe that's one of the things that our times are doing to us. COVID's reminded us we're mortal. We are gonna die, every single one of us. It's gonna happen from COVID, it's gonna happen from cancer. Uh, death is gonna, is gonna get every single one of us. I'm making us think about that a little bit more, uh, the fact that these are harder times financially um, and, and some of the other uh, uh, problems we have with war and things like that uh, might be uh, God allowing that. Um, and now he's going to use that to help refocus us as his Christian people in this world to be thinking about the things of our eternal eternalness. And so he says, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God. So there's that second coming of Christ, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, 
for which you are also suffering. Uh, we're suffering because of that. Um, and then he talks about in, in verse 7, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. So he goes to that second coming of Christ. When's that gonna, what's going to happen then? He says, those who, who afflict us and those who do not know God, those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. So there's part of where our doctrine of hell comes from punishment of those who do not know God and do not follow Jesus Christ is eternal destruction or hell, which he says is away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And then he goes on to say, when he comes on that day, so there, there will be that day, history is going to end at some point. We don't know when that's going to be. So take what other, other things you know about that from scripture, Jesus, clear words, nobody knows that day, but that that day is coming. It's going to come like a thief in the night uh, is all being reiterated here uh, for these early Christians. So he says, so what do we do then? Verse 11 to this very end, or to this end, we always pray for you. Um, so what a great reminder for us to pray for each other. But this is kind of different. You know, when, when we do prayers, um, oftentimes here in worship, we're praying for things like, um, you know, God to heal us from a sickness, um, God to, uh, uh, to help us as we grieve loved ones. But, but we also need to be praying to keep us strong in faith, keep us, uh, keep us in that true faith that, that no matter what happens to us, no matter what illnesses we have, what other kind of persecutions we might have, uh, whatever problems we, we have in our, in our marriages or our families, uh, that most importantly, we would, we would continue to hang on to that faith that would remain true because the Lord's going to come back at any time. We don't know when that's going to, when that's going to be. So he says, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. What a prayer for people uh, that God would continue to strengthen us in faith and keep us in that true faith and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So why are we here to be resolved to follow in our calling to doing good and do those works of faith, which... Um, uh, which uh, let our light shine, let God's light shine through us that others might see him and be drawn to him. For he says, verse 12, so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. How does that happen? When I live out that faith every day, when I let my light shine so they see what I do and give glory to God. And, and he says, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he ends the chapter by focusing then again on it's the grace of God. It's by the grace of God that I believe, by the grace grace of God that I'm kept strong in that faith. It's by the grace of God I have the blessings I do. And most importantly, it's by the grace of God that I have the hope, the certain hope, the sure and certain hope of heaven. So God bless you as you read the second letter uh, as Paul addresses uh, these issues to the church uh, in Thessalonica.